crap. I I I, I have to come up with a uh... with a with a thing. Well, I've got a thing, but you're gonna make me come up with a different one. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the only podcast that memorializes many good men lost in Vietnam. I can see why you said that I was going to make you change that, because, (laughs) I mean, technically, technically you can't prove we're not doing that. Like, anything can be a memorial for the many uh, men and women lost in Vietnam if you... (laughs) <laughs> if you say it is, take our take our podcast, put a torch in the top of it, and it's a memorial for some shit now. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we are. Uh, Step to us. Try to prove we're not legally. You can't. Actually, don't involve lawyers. That sounds terrible. So Oh my god. Yeah, no, uh Should should I should I do another one? Mm-hmm. Go up with a different one? Crushed it in one. We're <laughs> this is a podcast about the Vietnam War. <laughs> Today it, it fucking is. It fucking is. To, today of all days it fucking is. Yeah. Uh, but before we get... Oh, wait, no, you have to introduce... Uh, you're Martin Schneider, I'm Dan Ludwig. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. The other host, Dan Ludwig. Um, Before we get into that shit, Marty, I got something to tell you about, bud. So, okay. this happened, and you are the only person I didn't text about it immediately. Because for this, you were saving it for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As people might have picked up, I have a dog, and that dog is um a train wreck. <laughs> He's adorable, but he is also a fucking disaster. <laughs> uh, mentally ill as hell, does a bunch of really weird shit. And one example of that is um you know how like dogs when they meet each other they'll sniff each other's like crotches and butts and stuff, and then they'll start playing and jumping on each other. My dog does the first part, and then when the other dog is like, hey, man, do you want to start jumping on each other's heads? It'll be awesome. He's like, no, I just want to smell your dick. That is the only reason I am here, which results in a lot of other dog owners giving me weird looks of like, hey, should I be mad at you right now? Because your dog is kind of molesting my dog. This came to a head recently where I was at a dog park, not really a dog park, just a park that has other dogs in it. And this was happening and met another dog. They were snarling each other. And then the other dog was like, all right, this was fun. I have to pee. And then went to a tree <laughs> to try to take a piss. And RJ like would not stop smelling his dick. And the dog like put his leg down, walked to around to the other side of the tree, tried to do it again. Boom. There's my dog's head. Just like smelling his dick. And he did it a third time, and me and the owner are just kind of, like, chatting. And the dog, I looked in the dog's eyes, and it did an expression of, like, all right, man. (laughs) And blasted my dog in the face with piss. Just absolutely nailed him with just, like, a massive stream that got mostly in his mouth. Uh, And my dog jumped back and started screaming at the other dog with a bark of specifically, I'm a fucking kill you, bro. Who the fuck do you think you are? Fuck you. Like, 
act like threat barks as me and the owner made eye contact, kind of going, which one of us is the bad dog owner right now? And I ran away because I was pretty sure at the end, the answer was going to be me. It's you. It's me. It's very much you. Yes. It's objectively me. We, we kind of had a thing of like, should I be yelling at you? Should should you be yelling at me? We're so off book here that we don't know how to even fucking have this interaction because this isn't a, most dogs move their head. So yeah, uh, my dog took a mouthful of piss this week. One time I saw, I was at the zoo, one time I was at the zoo and I saw the exact scenario you're describing, but mm-hmm. instead of dogs, giraffes. Mm-hmm. I once saw a giraffe piss in another giraffe's mouth. Yes. They don't explain to you as a kid that you are about to see animals do horrible stuff to each other. I mean, they do if you live on a farm. Yeah. If you live on a farm, you basically see every single possible bodily fluid from every single uh, animal and living organism you possibly could by the age of eight and a half. So, like... I There really should be a thing of, like, there's a sign and it's like, hey, you're about to see the majesty of nature. But you also might be about to see a gorilla smear feces on another gorilla's face for no reason. Like, you might just be about to see the absolute carnage that is the natural world. Giraffes are gross. Giraffes are gross. They're just nasty animals. I don't believe... I Giraffes make me believe in, in aliens. Yeah. Like, I don't think giraffes came from this planet. You ever see two of those fuckers fight? It's ridiculous. They just start smacking their their limbs against, or their necks against each other. How like, did they get five seconds into giraffe combat without just immediately committing suicide out of sheer embarrassment? Have you tried tying a noose around that thing? <laughs> That's why, man. If, even if they got the noose around their neck, what are they going to do then? Put the other one to the tree and just run forward real fast? You just do, you do it one quick motion, just the rabbit goes around the tree and through the woods and boom, tied and not fucking dead. It's the one advantage they have that they can do one quick head motion and <laughs> your breathing tube is cut off. Yeah, giraffe this suicide. This is a dark episode. <laughs> gonna say, Breaking Mayberry as a podcast actively endorses the concept of giraffe suicide. <laughs> Think they're ridiculous animals, <laughs> and they should just reach their natural conclusion. I love giraffes. They are gross, though. No, they're nasty animals. They have those long, freaky tongues. So, uh, so do we jump into it? So Vietnam. Today's, so today's episode. Uh, I'm I'm trying to put off the Vietnam stuff as much as possible. Let's 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 do the let's the ease we're gonna do it. a two we're gonna do a two for. Uh, normally we do the more interesting one first, not this time. This time we're going to do the boring one first, yeah. but you, as sort of a buffer. We need to ease into this hot water. This is almost the end of the season, of season four. Season four, episode 31, Back to Nature, directed mm-hmm. by Kobe Ruskin, written by Harvey Bullock, uh, airs May 11th, 1964. Here's your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy, Barney, and Gomer take Opie and his friends on a camping trip, where Barney and Gomer manage to get themselves lost in the woods. Yeah. I'm not going to do the scene by scene on this. I, I, I literally don't think we can. Here's, here's what you need to know, listeners, if you've been listening for a while. Uh, this is basically beat for beat a remake of the 
rock slide of the cave-in episode, a couple, which I think was earlier this season. Yeah. Right? They they are recycling so much at this point that I have lost all track. Of, like, I was trying to find the episode that we were on, and I was going through, uh, through, through like, the recent catalog. I was like, well, I've seen that one before. But did I see that one before because I just watched it or because I watched it a season and a half ago? Like, yeah, Barney Barney and the Cave Rescue airs uh, in January of 1964. So it's like four months later and we're doing another episode that is exactly the same, folks. I mean, exactly. It is. It's it's another episode where uh, Barney is dragged out into the woods and he's got something to prove. In this case, it's uh, how pioneering and manly he is uh a small inconvenience happens he blows he blows it over entirely and then everyone goes out of their way to keep barney's feelings from being hurt uh at the risk of literally everyone else yeah it's you know it's another one of these it's a play the hits episode which at this point they fucking need more than three settings so that when they recycle plots, it's like, well, they're doing the same thing they've done 400 times, but this time it's in a volcano. That's cool. You can't even say, like, they didn't have reruns anymore. Yeah. Because they did. Like, starting in this season, uh, I believe, Andy Griffith's show starts going into reruns for nationally syndicated television. CBS affiliates would run New episodes Mondays at 9.30, but then throughout the week at, like, you know, 6 o'clock dinner time, you could watch reruns of the Andy Griffith show. So, here's the thing. We know that uh, that Jim Neighbors is on his way out. Jim Neighbors leaves next season. Or, I'm sorry, Jim Neighbors leaves next episode. Bar- Don Knotts is going to leave next season, and he's going to, like, slowly fade his way out. The idea that we've been saying is that, like, Don Knotts was leaving because he was a bigger movie star like he was getting a bigger career at the time which is kind of true but i think yeah. it's more that he was just like we can't keep doing this yeah literally how does this work like he he has to have been getting just so fucking bored with doing the same eight facial expressions over and over again where just like after a certain point like the director must have been like all right so don you're going to do a number 6 here followed by a number 12 and it'll be like, all right, cool, yep, yeah, I, you don't even have to show me the script. I know the fucking lines at this point. Acting by McDonald's menu. <laughs> uh, let, let's go ahead and, I mean, we'll, I'll talk about this episode a little bit. Basically, it starts off with uh, kids today and their wild technologies. You get, you get Howard McNear here, Floyd shows up, uh, and... Barney, Opie, and I said I wasn't going to do the scene by scene, but I guess we are. Well, Bar- Barney, we, Andy, we'll and broad strokes it. Barney, Andy, and uh, Floyd are sitting down, and they're complaining about technology. Okay, so like, they 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 comp- like they're, it, they're compl- Opie. Opie walks by, and he's listening to a radio, and he's like, "Look at these kids. He can't hear me because he's listening to a radio." Kids these days, and, and it's just like the kid. All right. All these complaints are shitty because first Don Knotts is like, hey, they have these automatic pumps that tell you when your gas um, is done pumping. And it scratched my car, which like, one, go talk to the fucking gas station attendant. Their thing is broken. Um, Two, Andy is like, my kid won't listen to me because he's listening to baseball on the radio. And it's like, 
you asked him once and he immediately he put it down like the second ask like you have been inconvenienced for less than a millisecond and he's not like shut up old man i'm listening to radio he's like oh hey dude check it out listening to sports on the on the fucking radio and floyd's one was um Floyd is mad that uh, fancy barbers have automatic automatic shaving cream. And his is legit. Yes, yeah, like, his is the only one that threatens his job. Yeah, his was, he, he raises three points. He's like, one, I like the noise it makes when you have to make the shaving cream in the little cup. It makes a little ting, ting, ting sound that I enjoy. Valid, yes. And two, sure. it comes out cold. Who wants that? You want hot shaving foam. Agreed, Agreed. Agreed. 100%. This is a case where technological advancement has gone too far. You need that little ting, 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 ting sound of somebody mixing something up. Except because it's Floyd, because Howard McNear has no idea what the fuck this guy's deal is. Uh, God, it's, it's weird. I, mm, I, I hesitate to say this because Howard McNear actually did suffer a stroke, but... I feel like Floyd's thing is that he's always having a stroke. I, he kind of delivers every line like it, it, he delivers it in the weirdest way, like he's snagglepuss. Yeah, but I love that noise, that ting, ting, ting when you fling the thing together. I, isn't see, isn't I, it the nicest noise? I feel like this is kind of crystallized his character because we've been like, "What's this dude's deal?" And now we know the deal, dude's deal is he's stroke guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy who had a stroke, and it's like. You kind of like, oh yeah, no, it's Stroke Guy. He 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 has to constantly be sitting down and he can't use his right arm. Stroke Guy, hell yeah. Uh, Such a weird guy, though. Like it's, it's, His delivery on everything is so bizarre. I don't... He feels like... Everything feels like he's a pervert. Like, he's, he's been practicing his whole life to act post-stroke. He's been preparing for this moment his entire career. He just didn't know this. He's been perfecting this art. So, so, what so, but yeah, so that's it, and and they kind of say this isn't the same thing. Barney and Andy dismiss his uh, fears because it doesn't affect their fucking jobs. So, but and that's a that's a wrap on Howard. You know, good, goodbye, everybody. He's not in the rest of the episode. But uh, they they get they get a whole thing in of like Opie is obsessed with technology. Therefore, we need to use this camping trip to you know take him back to the old ways. But never comes up again, by the way. Barney's kind of being like a prepper in this. He's like, what would we do if there was no technology and we all had to survive by our wits? Like, I can pioneer, but you can't. Yeah. And so that that's sort of the premise. Barney wants to prove what a great survivalist he is. Of course, he is not. Mm-hmm. Um, they take the boys out. They take Gomer along for some reason. They just, uh, br- despite Gomer's please, to just like, please, I, I don't want to do this. This sounds horrible. I would like very much to stay in and watch TV. And they're like, you need to, you need to rough it and be self-sufficient. And he's just kind of like, why? <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, you're already in the car. <laughs> Let's fucking go. They they drag him in. They they bring, there's this camping scene. And then they sing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Wrong. Yeah. Did, did that piss you off too? Did you freak out about this I, as well as much as I did? I was in a whole thing of, uh, what the fuck is that song? <laughs> why? Yeah, I was just kind of like, why did we sing that? What's that song's whole fucking deal? I don't know what this whole deal is, but they get the melody of that so wrong on this episode. 
Everybody knows it's John, da, da, up and down and up, mm-hmm. up and down and up and up. But they do like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Oh, God. His name is my name, too. And I'm screaming at my television. This is wrong. Singing effectively wrong. is like, like 40% of your whole deal. Jeez, it was like you, sandpaper on my ears. You've built an empire on an acoustic guitar. How do you fuck up one of the simplest songs? Uh, God. So anyway, so, I, I, in, in, unless this is a southernism, and someone's gonna rant, you know, come to Twitter and tell me, actually, in the South, it's sung in a different key with different harmonics. Shut they up. Did, they invented that as a way to antagonize the Yankees. Just on the other side of uh, of the line, they would just be singing uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith fucked up, and just just to just to torment New Yorkers. It works! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. So, alright, things proceed predictably. Basically, Barney does his whole thing. One thing, Andy tells the weirdest goddamn ghost story I've ever heard. You can't blame Andy for this ghost story, because Mark Twain wrote this ghost story. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, cut this out so I don't look like an uneducated dipshit. I've never heard that story before. <laughs> and f- he, he he tells a story about a man who has a golden arm, like a prospector who had a golden arm. Uh, which, and I'm getting this from the ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki, uh, is that the ghost story about the golden eye is from Mark Twain's essay. Also, the man with the golden arm was a 1995 film starring Frank Sinatra. The title of the film, however, did not refer to an arm made of gold, but an arm ravaged by the effects of heroin use. Jesus Christ! Thank you, Mayberry Wiki! We, we have the inciting incident. Opie goes missing for a minute. Yeah. Which, in the cave-in episode, that was when, when Andy got lost in the cave. Right? Uh, so, Opie goes missing for a minute. Uh, they go to sleep, and Opie gets up early to pick berries, and he doesn't tell anybody. Andy walks off to go find Opie, and then... Instead of staying with the children, uh, Barney and Gomer go in the other direction. And then these children are left to their own devices with an open campfire. Yeah. It's fine. Barney and Gomer, of course, get lost. Uh, and Gomer keeps saying, I think we're going the wrong way, or I think we're going in circles. Barney doesn't want to admit that he's gone. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a whole thing, catching quail. Barney gradually, as they start to starve to death, Barney's whole bravado thing starts to slowly falter as he reveals that he can't make a campfire and can't catch wild game. Um, uh, To be clear, Andy finds Opie in all of five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then he leaves the children alone, this time with a farmer... Uh, who has a bunch of arrows. A farmer pulls up to give them, like, archery lessons. And... Fucking, this is so boring. Okay. Look. Barney Barney and Gomer are out in the woods, and Barney's pretending like he knows how to catch a bird and start a fire or whatever, and he can't. Uh, but then Andy shows up, and Andy and Gomer, uh, they fucking talk... Uh, they they conspire together to well, keep Barney from getting the, his feelings hurt. The, the thing is, this is a two-pronged plan because the children have figured out that Barney got lost in the woods and they yes. are, it is blood in the water. They are like, yes. oh man, are you fucking telling me that the guy who has been bragging about being a survivalist for like the last two days got lost in the woods 
almost immediately. Oh, we are going to annihilate him. Yeah, they, they, are, they feel it. Yeah, which... And and this is the most one of Andy's, uh, like, protect Barney's feelings things has ever been valid. Because a group of nine-year-old boys will rip you to shreds. I... I cannot imagine anything worse than a group of like nine to eleven year olds with just all the time in the world to roast me. That- oh yeah, yeah. They've been sitting there planning, they're preparing. Yeah. You know, it's it's like that idea that Batman can beat anyone as long as he has enough preparation. <laughs> Those nine year olds didn't need more than five minutes, and you gave them a half a day. They're <laughs> doing mock roast battles over in like over in the corner. They're comparing notes, you know. <laughs> Like they're they're, wor- they're workshopping it. They're, like, they're shit talking while doing push ups just to like really get focused. Johnny Paul Jason has got like a whole tight five. <laughs> uh. they're, they're just going to go deaf comedy jam all over him. Like he could die. This is the most his life has ever been in danger, including times guys have pointed guns at him. So there so, is so to, to, to protect him, yes, to protect him from that uh, that soul crushing bit. Gomer and Andy get together and they plan to boost his esteem by hiding matches, uh, hiding match heads in the sticks that Barney's rubbing together, so they create a fire. Which is uh, insane that it works. Replace like putting a whole ch- like cooked chicken in the fucking pheasant trap. Yeah, Barney's just Barney or Gomer just pretends like, oh, you caught a pheasant and then I plucked it and cooked it. It's already done. Here it is. You know. I feel like the the arc of this season has been um, Gomer's relationship with Barney slowly turning, where like. First, Barney is like, you know, has just complete and absolute control over him. Uh, And Barney and Gomer, like, believes anything Barney says. And it's really been the story of Gomer developing independence and eventually becoming the person who controls Barney. Like, he becomes the Andy uh, and starts emotionally manipulating him and realizing that he's a fucking idiot. Uh... I want to point out one thing. There is one interesting thing about this episode to me. Mm-hmm. And that is that for, this is the closest that Barney has ever come to admitting. Well, maybe not the closest. No, he's had a couple. We, we've we had a couple of instances like this where Barney starts to admit that he's not the greatest person to ever be born. And in right. fact, admits like, I have faults and there's things I could I need to work on. Um, I'm fallible. And then Andy swoops in and it's just like, boom, get that introspection out of here. Yeah. Like at this point, at this point, it's, I feel like it's kind of like the movie Dogtooth. Like they're just yeah. trying to figure out, like, like he's some sort of bizarre experiment. Like what would it be like if you never let a man improve himself ever? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like. Barney is trying to is starting to evolve, and then Andy just starts hitting the B button. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the music starts happening, and like, like he's evolving into a decent human being. B b b b b b b. In in this case, in this case, he's about to admit to uh, Gomer that he has no idea where they are. He's about to admit that they are lost, uh, and he's like, "I have something to tell you. I have something to tell you." And Gomer's like, "Look at this fire you made!" Yeah, like he's trying to be like it. Under penalty of potential death, I'm going to admit that I was lying to you, which is pretty important. Do you think Andy's just been doing this his entire fucking life? 
Where like I they've they've known each other since they were children, so like yes. Barney would be like, Andy, I need to tell you, I don't act my my I I don't think my imaginary friend is real. And Andy's like, Yeah, he is and then just like a he's using like pulley levers to like hang <laughs> a chance go be like, Hey, hey little Barney, I'm your best friend. <laughs> like is is he just like, Yeah, I don't think Santa's real. Oh, he totally is. Here's evidence. Just emotionally it's stunting this man. It's been that for their entire lives. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, what does Andy get out of this? Do you think? Uh, like, like at the end, he's just stuck with this fucking asshole. He's just stuck with this dipshit. What does Andy have to gain from keeping Barney this way? He's at this point. He's in too deep. It's been the story for so long that, like, every time he he. He tricked Barney to keep him out of emotional growth because it would be, like, inconvenient or unpleasant. <laughs> and now it's just built up. And if he just if, – if he does, like, uh, five seconds of actual genuine introspection, he'll fucking die. <laughs> like, the collective realization would just – like, his brain would melt out of his ears. It, it, it just he could not physically handle it. So Bar- Andy's just into fucking deep now. He just has to keep it going until one of them dies. It's like it's like getting diagnosed with a mental disorder, or like ADHD or something, later on in life, and you suddenly get mad at everyone who could have caught this earlier and didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got to keep it going because if Barney like evolves a little bit. He's going to start to wonder why he didn't evolve before. Yeah. And he's going to come for Andy. Yeah. Like, I, and that's the episode. That's it. I'm not, he, I, there's no stinger or anything. Fucking whatever. It's, it's he, that's it. He rolls back up and all the kids are like, oh, Barney, you caught a fist and you're the best. And he's like, I'm the best. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Whatever we were just doing there, I have no idea where I'm going to put this bit. Hi everybody, it's Marty from Breaking Mayberry, interrupting myself to let you know an important announcement. And that announcement is, we have new ways for you to give us money. Give us money! And if you give us money right now, it will go towards unfucking some of the world in a small way that maybe we can do so. Uh, big announcement is that right now, this month, any money that Dan and I make from Patreon uh, or from the things I'm about to tell you about uh, is all going to abortion funds throughout the U.S. to help the people on the ground who are doing the work uh, because everything is fucked right now. So you can give us money and we'll give that money to a good cause. Now, here's the thing. Our Patreon has gone to a new one price gets you everything model. $8 a month gets you access to everything. That is access to early episodes and extended episodes with all of our deleted scenes put back in, as well as bonus episodes, suggest an episode, you can torture us with whatever you want, and access to our Discord, which is full of the greatest people on the planet, to come and hang out with us and chat about the show or video games or whatever you feel like, plus occasional live streams and other bonus goodies here and there. $8 a month gets you all of that. But if you aren't ready to make a commitment, maybe you just want to see other podcasts for a while, that's cool too. We've got an option for that as well. For a limited time only, you can actually go to Gumroad and buy 
packs of our previously unreleased bonus episodes. These are all episodes that used to only be able to Patreon subscribers. It's a limited time only. You can purchase and download those by themselves. They are $8 a piece for packs of 7 or 8 or $20 for the whole thing. So you can go to Gumroad, buy some downloads, listen to our bonus episodes about Canadian children's television shows uh, or anime, so much fucking anime, uh, or some of the worst things that we've ever seen, including Walker, Texas Ranger. So there it is. New ways to give us money. Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Gumroad.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Links will be in the show notes. And if you give us that money right now, it's going to a good cause to help. And any money you give us this month goes to help people protecting reproductive freedom throughout America. Okay, back to whatever we were doing. Okay, so. Okay. So we're um So so we're here now. So we're here at at season 4, episode 32. Gomer Pyle, USMC. This is the pilot. This is also the backdoor pilot for the spinoff series. And and we've had a complicated relationship with the character of Gomer Pyle. Um, Kate, we dreaded him for a really long time because we knew what his deal was going to be, which was um, the uh, Andy Griffith show handling the concept of a person who is developmentally disabled or neuro- like uh, impaired in some way. Um, and it fulfilled all of our worst expectations we genuinely could not figure out how to talk about him for a long time and then we slowly warmed up to the character as like they figured him out more and he turned into just more of a like he is his intelligence kind of fluctuated um and then we reached i think the last episode where we decided he's the only good thing about this show um and now it's time for him to die (laughs) So, and the cat's in the cradle with the silver spoon. Like, I don't know. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset. Sunrise, sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that is fucking the long and short of it. So. I, I listen, I, we've, we've, I, my turn to monologue here. Yeah. We've, we've fluctuated on how, um, seriously we believe this show and shows like it affected people. We've, we've kind of like kept it at arm's length. Like, yeah, we, we think this, but we don't really think this. Uh, and we, we, so the, the premise of our show has been, I would say a little wishy-washy for this reason, but having watched this episode and, uh, what I assume the rest of the, of Gomer Pyle USMC is here. I have to say, um, Andy Griffith got a lot of good men killed. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no way to fucking get around this. Look, cu- couple of years ago, you remember when Captain Marvel came out and they they used Captain Marvel clips in Air Force ads, and it was like, go fucking be, hey ladies, go be a badass chick like Captain Marvel, like, and go uh, join the Air Force. So this is basically that, except it's you don't want to be a fucking idiot like Gomer Pyle, right? Like even Gomer Pyle can do this shit going into the military. Why don't you go over and, and get murdered in a foreign land, well, it's, dipshit? It's this is full. So just to be clear, Gomer Pyle USMC is full throated military propaganda at the height of the Vietnam War. Um, which and, 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 I I would read the message as being less like, "Hey, you should join the the military," and more like, "Hey, you might be alarmed by the fact that um, 
uh, the most nonviolent person in your life, maybe a person that you you find to be too innocent to go fight in a foreign conflict, is uh, sci- is being drafted for the military. And we're here to tell you, don't worry about it. It'll be cool. See, he's got a cool drill sergeant. It'll be wacky. He's gonna have a great time. I think it's 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 more like just taking the the concept of you know all your friends and family being drafted and just going like shh, shh they're getting into sitcom bits it's everybody's having fun don't worry because to be clear right this isn't like a Beetle Bailey scenario where there's not even a mention of war right? yeah it, early on in this episode and I don't they never say the word Vietnam but mm-hmm. early on in this episode Gomer says. I could be sent off to somewhere far east, like China or Japan or something. Mm-hmm. So we are acknowledging that there is reason for the U.S. military to go to East Asia. Yes, in the sixties, like we are, we are getting to that. Uh, so that's about as as fucking clear as you can make it. Uh, in fact, I think it might be the only time that other countries have been mentioned in in uh, the Andy Griffith show, with the exception of. Chinese food being yeah. a weird novelty. Um, uh, so I have uh, one, I have a question for you. So what is the air date of this episode? All right. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, I'm about to uh, say. As a matter of fact, let me let me go ahead and do, and do the one sentence summary from Wikipedia. Uh, season four, episode thirty-two, Gomer Pyle, USMC, written and directed by Aaron Rubin, uh, who I think would go on to do a lot of Andy Gr- or a lot of Gomer Pyle episodes. Airs May 18th, 1964. But, but, uh, they filmed this episode in summer of 63. So they've been sitting on this for a while. Yeah. Dan? So this aired, uh, this was filmed and eventually aired during, uh, Johnson inheriting the Vietnam War. At which point, uh, the situation was deteriorating. The Viet Cong's numbers were swelling. There weren't very, uh, there weren't nearly as many Americans on the ground. Uh, in March 1965, 3,500 Marines were deployed in Vietnam for when basically the war took the shape that we eventually knew it as Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, so this is, this aired right before a bunch of fucking people got enlisted, deployed as Marines, and fucking died. So this was, so if this was filmed, uh, in 63, that would be prior to the 1964 offensive, around the time where we started bombing Lao. So, Woo! yeah. Um, uh, I mean, let, let's go ahead and, and you, you mentioned, uh, Full Metal Jacket there. Vincent D'Onofrio plays Private Pyle. They mm-hmm. they named the character after Gomer Pyle because of this. Pretty much realistically how it would fucking happen. Yeah. So, I mean, Kubrick got it. Kubrick knew, like, if we sent Gomer Pyle to war, this is what would fucking happen. Whoo, boy, what the fuck am I saying here? So, I mean, like, this, this episode opens up with Gomer walking in to the jailhouse, and he's like, hey, you got a minute? And he's like, yeah, what's up, Gomer? From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Except I'm singing it like the way 
Jim Neighbors himself would sing it. He does, from the howls of Montezzi. He does it in the Gomer voice. Yeah. He sings He sings the entire Marine Corps theme. They dedicate the entire bit to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andy's and then, at the end just like, cool. So what's yeah, up, man? man? <laughs> Is that, did you come in to sing me a nice song? That's awesome and completely in character for you. I love how you just like show up, you sing a song, and then you leave. That's such a sweet, innocent thing to do. And Gomer is like, I'm going to war! <laughs> I got drafted! So I'm confused. Did he get drafted or did he go and enlist because he figured his draft card was going to sh- come up anyway? Basically, he was told, you're going to have to serve soon. Um, and he said, well, I'm going to enlist now so I can choose specifically where I go. Um, and I chose Lie. the United States Marine Corps, the most yeah. violent part of it, rather than the army where he could be like a mechanic. Right. That's the thing. He's a mechanic. Yeah. He has, he has a skill that would keep him on the base. He could mm-hmm. be running a motor pool. But specifically, they were like, no. It's not Gomer Pio, guy in the army. <laughs> like, basically, doing MASH, Gomer Pyle, MASH character, dude who runs the fucking motor pool or is a gopher running radio operations. Like, Gomer Pyle, stabbing people to death with bayonets in a rice paddy. Fucking, yeah. So, so he, he, joined, he signed up and he's been accepted to the United States Marines. Uh, and then, so... We've already admitted that Vietnam, like, closely, closely admitted that Vietnam was happening in this. And then we give away the game a little more. Because Andy goes, uh-huh. The entire humor of the character of Gomer Pyle is predicated on people understanding, is predicated on the citizens of Mayberry not thinking that he's developmentally disabled. They have to think he's just a dumb guy. Yeah. But... The, Andy gives away the game here a little bit because he's like, oh no, it's- you're gonna get 4 F'd. They, they, he can't even read. Yeah. They, they show us that Gomer is basically illiterate. They, he's, he's, he's tripping over words like, like proud and storied. <laughs> it is so fucking crazy that the backdoor pilot of this, sh- of this fucking show is the main character of the previous show saying, no, it's morally not okay for this show to happen. It's like if fucking Ted Danson had shown up on the pilot of Frasier and just been like, Frasier should not be allowed to live alone. He is not <laughs> capable of caring for himself. Please stop. <laughs> Take him back to cheers. He needs assistance. Fucking multiple times Andy Griffith pops up to do his cameo and most of the time when like when the Golden Girls would do a backdoor pilot they would show up and be like we love everything that's happening here we're having a great time walking through the set and Andy Griffith just pokes his head through a window and goes like stop this you people need to stop this is terrible what you're doing is wrong and then it was like alright see you later Andy Except at the end, it's all Andy's fucking fault. Yeah, Andy sends and, Gomer to die in a rice field. Yeah, we, Andy's we, we can't, arc. We cannot stress this enough. Andy's arc is coming terms with the fact that Gomer Pyle is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so 
So he- here's what we mean when we fucking say this. Um, I-, I also just something you, you really quickly covered when um, Gomer is talking about places that the uh, that the draft guy was talking about. He was like, oh, well, you know, he said I can go to a lot of cra- awesome places in Asia. Maybe Korea or Japan, Vietnam. Uh, like, <laughs> they specifically and, 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 like, mentioned him going to Asia, but not Vietnam. Yeah, and and Andy Andy's eyebrows kind of raised, like, uh huh, uh huh, bud, you're missing one. Yeah, <laughs> we got. It's good to know that people were doing Iraq War recruiting bullshit way back in the '60s. Jesus Christ. So Andy says, okay, buddy, well, uh, why don't I drive you down to Wilmington? We'll, you know, I'll help you report for duty you know, yourself. I'll drive you down there. We'll, we'll hang out in case they call you back. Yeah. And Gomer's like, why, why would they do that? Why would, they, why would they ever, why wouldn't they let me be a Marine, Andy? And Andy's like, oh, no reason. Mm-hmm. Just gonna, mm-hmm. just gonna show up. So Andy knows that he shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. There's an important bit here uh, where Aunt Gomer is reading a little section on Marine Corps history. He finds a general whose last name is also Pyle. Mm-hmm. Save that away. It'll become important later. And he also says, my father told me that someday I'd be tested in what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is what I, this is my test. I'm going to go into USMC and be tested in what it means to be a man. Which I, Gomer Pyle, an idiot character, am man enough to join the USMC. Which listeners, your dad viewers. meant just l- figure out how to do your own taxes. That's it. It was like, you need to learn how to stand on your own two feet. Figure out how to change a tire. Not... Go die. <laughs> and, like, I, there's there's another, I mean, we, we haven't gotten into it, but remember, Andy served in the war. Yeah. And it is, can, it is canonical that Andy served in World War II. So when uh, Gomer says, you know, did you know that every man uh, ages 18 to 35 might be called to serve? And he goes, oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, he goes, I know. Which also, I mean, I guess. Which they? I, I, how how old is Gomer supposed to be? I'm honestly at 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 the end of this episode when they when they like shine his shoes and they put his his hair, you know, they slick his hair and they make him look like you know a, a human being. That's the first time when I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a handsome thirty two year old. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. I think they repeatedly say. That it's up to 35 so that you don't raise any fucking eyebrows of the fact that this 30-year-old is being enlisted into the military. I do like that they go. They kind of frame it as, like, the most normal thing. Like, oh, you know what happens when you get drafted. Just, like, it happens, like, all the time, regardless of, like, I don't know if there's, like, a war or not a war. You know, like, just one of those cool drafts they do all the time. Oh, yeah, Jim Neighbors would have been 34 at this time, so... Yeah, they they really had to reiterate that. They had to slide that in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, everybody looks looks older at that point. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 are definitely aging better now than our our parents and grandparents did because there isn't cigarette smoke everywhere. <laughs> Do you ever like think about how? fucking bad everything smelled all the time back then all the time all the time it's crazy just like every you look at a room and you're like oh man look at that look at that beautiful bar that that magnificent lounge with that 
fantastic singer. And then you just did like everything about that smelled fucking horrible. Like just th- that tea that that singer had nicotine smell in her fucking hair. Uh, that guy's I mean, cool suit <laughs> reeks to a, like complete dog shit. It's it's a wool suit and it's July. Yeah, like, that dude smells awful. Yeah, at least those people had fucking showers. Every time I see like a uh, like a historical drama, I'm like, these people have never brushed their teeth. No, ever. <laughs> Bridgerton isn't so sexy anymore, is it? Oh God, Fuck. fucking even um, Downton Abbey. Everybody there smelled nasty. I mean, those people had baths. Yeah, but I so. feel like they hadn't perfected the art of wiping yet. Andy brings Gomer along, and that's where we meet Sergeant Carter, played by Frank Sutton, who's going to be, you know, the regular antagonist of the. Uh, it, it, the show is. I, I gotta. Basically, just these two characters, right? It's just yeah. Gomer and this guy. I gotta say, Aaron Rubin does some directorial things in here that we've never really seen done in the Andy Griffith show. Including, like, just basic, like, push-ins mm-hmm. and, you know, just a couple of tricks that make it look distinctly different than, to let you know, like, this is a different show you're yeah. going to be seeing here. Uh, and I, I like it, but, so, yeah, the show is basically, um, and according to everything I've seen on this, I guess, just like in the Andy Griffith show, Gomer Pyle's capability, like, fluctuates wildly from episode to episode of USMC. I, from what uh, I understand... It is basically like, um, he is, uh, his whole thing is he's very innocent and very naive and he doesn't really understand what's going on, but he is a fucking savant who like can do all the Marine shit insanely well. Uh, but he's just like, gore shucks. I guess I disassembled a rifle in 0.2 seconds. Golly. That's also the premise of Forrest Gump. Why do we keep fucking doing this? We... Jesus Christ! You yeah, you can draw a clear line. Gomer Pyle is Forrest Gump. They fought in the same war. They may have been buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Forrest Gump walked into the the Marines, and by like, Gomer Pyle was like, "You get the fuck out of here. This is my deal. You you get out of here. There's only one of us here. You go to a different base." And then I met a man who could rebuild a carburetor in 15 seconds flat. And he liked to say Shazam, like the old Captain Marvel comics, Shazam. I'm doing less Forrest Gump, and I'm doing more uh, Nicolas Cage in Con Air. You can't do a full (laughs) Forrest Gump impression, because you'll have to do a press conference after. (laughs) Without apologizing. Yeah, you can't, you'd be like, I was doing a Forrest Gump impression, but you were doing an impression of something, like, Forrest... In in this case, it sounds way more like fucking... uh, uh, Nicholas Cage and Con Air. That, that was a little bit of uh, put the bunny back in the box. You thank your lucky fucking stars. It smelled. It sounded like Nick Cage. I I thank my lucky stars anytime I can sound like Nicholas Cage. It's the dream. Um. So. <laughs> so so he drives him down there and fucking Sergeant Carter's yelling at everybody. Get in line. I'm a drill sergeant. This is how things work on the military. I will be your mama and your papa, etc., etc. You know, the way every single drill sergeant has ever behaved in every piece of media you've ever seen. And 
as Gomer Pyle like walks up to uh to this whole situation, Andy is like guiding him towards where he needs to be. Gomer Pyle is practically chasing butterflies. Like he's like, well, golly, look over there. Like he's a fucking like six year old who is just like does not understand the severity of the situation. Doesn't really like. He's like, oh yeah, I'm bringing all my stuff. This is gonna be fun. It's like a sleepover. He literally does not understand where he's going. Or what the fuck he's doing. Like, somebody's yeah, gonna I mean, hand him a gun and he's gonna be like, well, what's this for? It's it's really weird, because as we've noted, his capability, his, like, really, his his ability to understand what the world around him goes up and down in yeah. the episode. So why did they decide to make it so low in this I episode? So, like, why did they decide to give him, like, basically 10% uh, coherence? Yeah. Like... He, two episodes ago, he was basically almost a functional adult human. Like Two episodes ago, he said, fuck you, Barney. Don't ever call me stupid again. This is the dumbest shit you've ever done. Like He just successfully did a con literally just now. Like, he, he successfully deceived someone. And now, he should be, like, on a leash. <laughs> like, he... Should like have like one of those little kid leashes that you that we used to do. Like So why? Why this episode? Why did you choose now to remove his functionality? Why is he a teletubby? It's fucking gruesome. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the gag here, and I'm assuming the gag for all of eternity, is uh, none of the tricks that Sergeant Carter uses to break the new recruits work on Gomer Pyle. Yeah. He's literally too dumb to break. Yeah. The only thing that would break him is if you sent him home. Yeah. Which is also how fucking Forrest Gump worked. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, and that's what happens here. Uh, the, the drill sergeant tries to bully Gomer and, like, make him do stuff for being late. And uh, gets under, you know, he gets annoyed that Gomer keeps talking in line uh, about the song. He puts a bucket on Gomer's head to try to to try to like embarrass him and humiliate him. And Gomer's just like, "I got a bucket on my head now, and that's fine." <laughs> I so this yeah, impacts really nothing. <laughs> like he he just have he, after it sort of becomes like Zen after a certain point. And that's that's funny. There's humor in that. Like I can see, I can see the joke in that. The other guys try to pull a prank on. They don't try to. They pull a prank on Gomer by convincing him to dress up uh, in the sergeant's like dress blues. They steal his his like finest uniform mm -hmm. and tell Gomer to dress up in there during an inspection. Um, and Gomer falls for it because like Gomer will fall for literally anything that anyone tells him to. And. Andy is, like, every once in a while peeking his head at, through a window. And I don't know. At some point in time, some MPs have to come through and be like, you can't be here, man. Yeah. Drive, drive Andy up, uh, out, off the base. Yeah, just like, like, like some of these, like, oh, yeah, there's a, a guy peeking his head in windows in a military installation. It's probably fine. He's white. Uh <laughs> Also, also. That reminds me. That reminds me. Uh, for those of you who are keeping track. We see black people in this episode. I would say we see the most black people that we've ever seen on the Andy Griffith show in a single scene. Because normally it's like, there's one! Like, there's a guy! Uh, they don't They don't have lines unless you count repeating back what the drill sergeant says as a line. It counts for this shit. Um, but there are, uh, like, four or five people of color in any given scene at any time. And it's 
awesome that it is in the context of being drafted for Vietnam. <laughs> like, don't worry, we'll get you guys. We'll get you your representation. Oh, here it. Here's the shoot where we send you off to die. <laughs> don't. Aren't you glad we got you? <laughs> Fucking a. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get into the antics that ensue because honestly I wasn't paying attention to them. Uh, yeah, that's after the after the the blues thing happens. Basically, the, what follows is the sergeant having a conversation where he he's basically had the realization of, "Hey, this guy is incapable of doing this. He needs to go home." <laughs> like, I think he he has sort of figured out like, "Oh, this guy is not dumb. This guy is not up to this uh and he <laughs> needs to leave um so he has the plan that are we're being inspected by a, a high up i think like a, a a sergeant or not a sergeant a uh, a colonel or something um and he's gonna come in and he's gonna see what a disaster gomer pile is uh and he's gonna say all right well this guy needs to go home <laughs> um yeah and he'll be out of my hair this kid will be fine and uh yeah it's gonna be great um and even another fucking uh like sergeant is like oh man he put on your blues i would have killed him you can kill him you should kill him yeah yeah somebody literally says like without really a joke like you could kill him and no one would notice yeah you could you could kill them and andy hears this yeah and andy hears that that like his friend could be easily murdered by friend by friendly fire, and no one would even question it. Yeah, um, but, and and the sergeant is like, no, the, the sergeant is being uh, the closest thing to a good dude in the situation where he goes like, I'm not mad because I understand that this guy is not up to this, like, is yeah. disabled, um, and he should not fucking be here. So all I fucking care about is I'm not mad at him. I just want him gone. Key bit of context here is that Andy has had a conversation with Gomer at this point where he said, hey, Gomer, would you be upset if they sent you home? And Gomer is like, it would break my heart and break my spirit if they sent me home. This is what I need to do. I need to be a United States Marine. Mm-hmm. This is what my, my my dad told me. And Andy's like, well, all right. Bye, buddy. So <laughs> so now so Andy overhears the sergeants having the conversation that Dan just described at the bar. Uh and, and uh but brief pause. So yeah, so Gomer says this would break my heart. I would be devastated if they made me go home. And we have taken the initial thesis of this show of nobody can ever get their feelings hurt no matter what crazy bullshit that involves. <laughs> To its logical conclusion, where it's it's almost like you're taking that ideology of like nobody can ever get their feelings hurt. You do whatever you have to do to 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 keep people from getting upset, and you go like, "All right, Andy, what if somebody was about to go to war? What if then would you hurt their feelings then?" And it would be like the thing you would say to like win the argument, and Andy just goes, "Yes, I would let yeah, them man. go. I would let them go to war." I, I can't hurt their feelings. Nobody can have their feelings hurt. That's not an acceptable course of action. So, yeah, rather than Gomer being sad for a car ride home uh, and living, <laughs> not getting severe PTSD that would define a generation, 
We've been begging for Andy to do a con for so long. We've been like, please, please, just con somebody. Anybody. Please. You've just been so passive for the entire season. That's true. This is the most active Andy has been for 30 episodes. Yeah. This is the most. And it's not even for his show. Yes. It's for Gomer's show. It's to get a guy out of his show. It's so... Like he's convincing a villager to move in Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) This is his equivalent of hitting Gomer on the head with a net repeatedly. Remember earlier when I said that there was a general whose last name was also Pyle? Well, so Andy goes to the sergeant and goes, hey, how's my friend Gomer Pyle doing? And sergeant's like, what is with that guy? Yeah. (laughs) And Andy goes, oh, see, I knew he was going to act that way. He didn't want anybody, didn't want anybody to to let him coast on the name Pyle. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't want his name to have anybody treat him any differently because... He's probably at, at first, by the way, uh, I thought this was a very different thing he was doing because he says, you know, Gomer told me he didn't want anyone to treat him differently. He wanted to be treated <laughs> just like every other soldier. And I thought this was a very different conversation. Yeah. Before before I, I caught on to what Andy was doing. Uh, so he convinces the sergeant that Gomer Pyle is the son of General Pyle. He doesn't uh, just convince him that uh, Gomer Pyle is a, is a general's son. He convinces him that Gomer's whole deal is a ruse, and he's not actually uh, this inept. He's lying to test the sergeant. Yes. So even even if the sergeant had uh, thought that this was a nepotism thing, he still would have been like, okay, well, the guy is still not okay to go to war. (laughs) But instead... Andy convinces him that, that Gomer is totally, has all of his faculties. And then there, what happens next is like a, a montage of like Gomer doing things dumb and the, the sergeant teaching him how to do things right. It's kind of funny, I guess. I'm if not going to describe under it here. Under any other circumstance, it would be heartwarming. I'm, I'm not going to describe it here because it's not funny to, to do so. And then they have like inspection by the major general. Who sees Gomer put together, made, you know, made up the way a soldier is supposed to look? And the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, Jim Neighbors is kind of a handsome man." All mm-hmm. right. The general goes, "Oh, your last name is Pyle? If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were General Pyle's son." But General Pyle doesn't have any kids. All right, bye. And the fucking sergeant freaks out because he just found out that he has been conned and saddled with this situation. I mean, I mean, is he? He could still 4F the guy, right? Are they, ship, are they shipping out tomorrow? What's going on here? He could absolutely fucking discharge him. I don't know. If he could Maybe 4F I him, no I feel like he would. I mean, I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert in this. I, I think it's um, above his head. But at least within the world of this show. And that's it. That's that's it. Guess, guess Gomer's going to war. Yeah. Next season on USMC. <laughs> Gomer meets Agent Orange. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't even get to this point. Like, this is literally just an, an argument for, 
for joining the Vietnam War. I, 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 we, we're hyperbolic when I say this, but straight up, the Andy Griffith show is the reason your grandpa has PTSD. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, Andy, Andy Griffith show directly contributed to this. Uh, it, it, it does. They, they filmed the episode. That's what's getting me. They filmed the episode and sat on it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Probably because CBS was trying to get the other show together, right? It takes time to get a show approved, etc. They're like, okay, we want Jim Neighbors to have his own thing. But also, the, they kind of waited until like the until like it looked like we were losing. They yeah, they dropped it. Well, they dropped it around the time where they were about to have to do a massive draft, basically yeah. right before. Uh, they were about to have to put a lot of fucking boots on the ground in Vietnam, specifically Marines. Like, it would be one thing if they were like, Gomer Pyle, member of the Air Force. But the fact that they were, like, doing this about the basically highest casualty branch of the military during the Vietnam War, the people that were being dropped into insane situations and getting, like, mowed down, it's it's hard to read it as anything other than, like, gleeful propaganda. But not just, like, the propaganda of, like, we want you to to serve and, and, and do your country and look here the bad guys, the evil bad guys. You gotta go shoot those bad guys. They're mean. Um... It's the no, this, kind this is of a much more insidious kind because it's this. It's the propaganda going like it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like, like, look, you. It's scary. You probably see a lot of scary stuff about what it's like to get drafted. But look at this guy. He's having a great time. Did he do a joke, Gomer? Gomer, do a joke. <laughs> he doesn't understand how boots work. <laughs> see, he's having fun. Come on, just come on. Just, so just th- get over this, here. This is this is where I part of our central thesis put to the test because everyone seems to argue like, you know, oh, and these shows are just harmless escapism. No, it's fucking not. I like like th- this is th- I, and maybe quite frankly, in 1964, 1965, the Vietnam War was not something you needed to escape from. I understand the purpose of using media to you know escape from from the daily horrors of everyday life. That is essentially. All I ever do. Yeah, it's just like, being alive now. The, the the television is basically my disassociation machine. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's I, the uh, morphine drip that you hit to get through life. I get it. Mm-hmm. But motherfucker, there feels like there has to be some responsibility taken here. I The, the fact that this has just drifted through the cultural co- uh, consciousness without any sort of a reckoning whatsoever is nuts. We're like, how? I can- how are we? How are we can't be the only people who have ever done this. I got to go like during I- the off during the off season, I'm going to like make some calls to like television museums or something. We need to get some TV historians on this fucking show now. We've we've come close a few times, but it is impossible that you and I Two fucking idiots. Yeah. We're are the first people to do this. I I will take being the first to crack the Andy Griffith show because that is a thing where you have to actually sit down and watch it and be paying attention to understand that it's fucked up. Not, not just not, not just the Andy Griffith show, but everything around it, the fandom, yeah. the Ted Ted Turner buying all the episodes and putting them on rain delays every time the Atlanta Braves got rained out, et cetera, et cetera. You you, you, know. you have to like you you kind of have to like actually go through the Andy Griffith show with like 
I, I, we like stare at it to understand that it's fucked up. I hold up the the fucking opening title sequence and just say, "Here's what the show is called. Here's when it aired." <laughs> Look at those two things and draw a co- fucking conclusion. And like, like how how the fuck how the fuck? I'm gl- I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, Dan, because let's go ahead and. Go to the uh, one of the only three comments here uh, in um, the ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki. The opening credits of Gomer Pile USMC, I suppose, used footage of actual Marines. Uh, and my my source here is the comments of the Mayberry Wiki, so don't fucking like try to quote me on this. But one of the one of the comments says Jim Neighbors once said that he couldn't look at the opening credits of his show. Because he knew so many of those Marines were killed in the Vietnam War. Then what were you doing, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> Did you stop and think about Jim? <laughs> Come on. And and let's let's be here. I'm pro Jim Neighbors. Uh, I, I I tried to get a YouTuber on this show that did like a quick biography of Jim Neighbors to talk about it. Maybe we'll do that someday. I don't know. It's a good story. I like Jim Neighbors, but motherfucker, come on. Yeah. Hold yourself accountable for something. Fucking. Uh, I mean, I'm looking up the the like Gomer Pile USMC Wikipedia page, and there is a glaring lack of a controversies section. <laughs> Fucking everything has a controversies <laughs> section. Fucking my neighbor Totoro probably has a controversies section, and this shit's skating through. Fucking unimpeached. Incredible. So that's the end of Gomer Pyle. I'm assuming that he's just in boot camp forever, right? Because right. So they, they they do a Beetle Bailey thing. Like he never he never ships off. Uh, I feel like they never say the word Vietnam. No. Uh, I think this episode's China and Asia or something like that is the closest we'll get. Yeah. So also again remind you that. On, I think on the same network, there was a, another show that was basically, Oh, those wacky prisoners of war. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. There was another show that was just like, Ah, oh, things are wacky and weird in a Nazi concentration camp. <laughs> they, they had a dude who ran a, a concentration camp, and he was basically their Mr. Roper. <laughs> like, Oh, those wacky American soldiers have pranked me again! <laughs> I don't know what fucking accent that was. Uh, yeah, no, that got away from you. So we had a really weird concept of what this was at the time. I, I'm i looking at the ending of Gomer Pyle, you at Messi, because does it end with him fucking shipping out? Or... Do- it, it, probably not. I'm, I'm, I'm pontificating here. I'm pulling stuff out of my ass. I feel like not only was this a war that it was pretty clear that we were losing, you know, World War II... Uh, was like they 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 also serve who those who stay at home and wait. You know, World War Two was even if you are not serving, everyone in America is in on this war. We all are pitching in. You know, women are taking jobs and welding things. You have you, you have your uh, your rights. It is your goal to buy bonds. Yeah, if you have a civic duty to support this war effort. Then Korea happened, and it was a little bit less like that. Korea was more like, eh, that's kind of over there. And by Vietnam, it was like, that was a war on the news. That was where we really got into, like, the Marines are at war, America is at the mall. Right. Kind of thing. 
So we had such a weird disconnect from what the concept of war was that you could do something like Gomer Pyle. You could do something like, uh, not the Dirty Dozen. Well, yeah, we were already making TV, like movies like the Dirty Dozen or whatever. Yeah, I think the draft kind of, I mean, the draft is what is the most sinister element of it. Um, I think, I think by far. Did did you find out the end of Gomer Pyle? Uh, yeah, so I, I checked it out. Um, it's a clip show where he tries to transfer to another base so that he'll stop upsetting Sarge. Also, apparently three hippies, one of them played by Rob Reiner, helps him paint a van at some point. Carol Burnett becomes a reoccurring character. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, C- Carol Burnett and uh, uh, Jim Neighbors were very good friends. Yeah, he was like, I think he was on the Carol Burnett show and he was like the funniest guy on it. Um. I mean, they never, it doesn't end with them being like, and the war's over, we can all go home. He's still in fucking boot camp. He's still going to be deployed. I'm assuming that unless you're at boot camp for, how many seasons did this run? Five years. Then this is on a truncated timeline, um, where this is all probably happening, like, within the span of a couple of months. Which fucking means that, like, the show eventually ends with him going off to, like, Vietnam to literally fucking kill people. Because it's not, he's not in, they could have just said, Gomer Pyle, army guy, who will go do army things. Maybe he's fixing planes. Maybe he's doing whatever. Maybe he's a librarian at the base. They specifically, Gomer Pyle, guy who shoots other guys. (laughs) Gunman, shooter. Like, bayonet stabber. Gomer Pyle. Uh, Killer be killed human being gomer pile ratings uh fucking goddamn dude uh okay so first one um andy meter i don't care it's not <laughs> uh, three didn't cause me physical pain it didn't uh, it's whatever you've heard us say this. i i do not I'm, I'm i'm not rating that episode on the grounds that I don't give a shit it does not matter i, I don't care none of that matters let's go to the one that fucking matters Andy meter on go on the throw pilot the Andy meter out the goddamn window. <laughs> We're not even talking about that. All right, Andy meter is gone. <laughs> Forget about the Andy meter. We're just the talking go- about the Barney meter, which is a fucking eleven. <laughs> the, the 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 Barney meter for me at this point is a mushroom cloud. Yeah, like it is it. Like, if, if, if it you is, wanted, the Barney meter is the scene from Terminator 2 where she's holding onto the fences or <laughs> like everything but her skeleton is blown away. Fucking A. It is. I don't understand how this ran for five fucking seasons. Uh, and. Like was just a, a fun time show. Look upon my Barney meter, ye mighty, and despair. Fucking A. It is Eldritch. <laughs> this is un almost unknowable when you think about it in any critical sense. Literally This should be the Ark of the Fucking Covenant. And I can just like wave it around in if you dropped this whole deal onto Twitter, do you think everybody would die? Like, do you think this is the thing that finally ends it? This, this, <laughs> because this is the most discourse. 
This is, yeah, I feel like you could just unleash this like a virus where you'd be like, hey, has anybody critically thought about the fact that Gomer Pyle US- USMC uh, involves a mentally handicapped person enlisting in the Vietnam I mean, War? I mean, I feel like they would do what I did and mostly just talk about, about Forrest Gump. Like, like I feel like I, I feel Forrest, like Forrest Gump. I feel like is a little uh, guilty in this. The fact that you you bring up how fucked this is, and you go like, "Well, Forrest Gump," be like, "Well, then what? What's up with Forrest Gump, huh?" It's it's, it's way more of an indictment than on, on Forrest Gump. Yeah. Than anything. And Forrest Gump probably needs a critical reevaluation. Uh, Robert Zemeckis at like has weird. Uh, like, me me and Bobby Z have gone toe to toe before. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but he, he definitely has a weird tendency to bring a lot of like 50, really like Reaganite conservatism to his things that he says are, are liberal. Even, you know, even back to the future has some tinges of that. Um, but, so, uh, I mean, I, I still, I still like back to the future and I think I like Forrest Gump. I might not. But um, Forrest Gump sucks. Um, the font is just fancy. The Forrest Gump is 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 guilty of like the Oscar movie thing that I accuse of like you didn't like the movie you just thought the things in it were important and that's just the movie that does it the most of like here's all the things you think one of them is important Oscar it's I mean no, For, Forrest Gump is basically like I would call it Baby Boomer We Didn't Start the Fire, but We Didn't Start the Fire is Baby, Baby Boomer yeah. We Didn't Start the Fire. It's just it's just We Didn't Start the Fire the movie. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but there is some very creepy generally the um the whole thing of Forrest Gump is, does the right side of America and Jenny does the left and right, uh, right, Jenny right. dies of AIDS. And Jenny dies of AIDS and, Je- and Jenny's a dumb whore, right? Yeah. Like that you kind of like right. He's kind of sitting there like horse 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 horse. That's Fuck that movie. It's, it's hard great. to read anything but absolutely dis- despicable politics into Forrest Gump. It's really difficult. I think the Barney meter is fuck all of it, fuck everything, <laughs> fuck America. <laughs> fuck I this am become, absolute nightmare of a country. <laughs> I am become Barney meter destroyer of worlds. That's that's probably what I meant to say earlier. <laughs> I, it, it's all applicable. Oh, God. I don't even fucking know, man. So, so that's the end of this season. <laughs> that's it for us on Breaking Mayberry. That's season four of Breaking Mayberry. We're gonna we're gonna do something else. We'll we'll do one more. Oh, season. we'll do some fun shit. Um, we'll do, we'll do one more season finale. But that's it. Do you think uh, the last episode of the Andy Griffith Show? It it's Andy and Opie, and they they like they wake up and they're just kind of chatting they're having like a fun talk you know they're talking about fishing and all that fun stuff and they get in the car and they're continuing to have fun conversations and then at the end you see that they're visiting gomer's grave that that's that's a good one i was gonna say they're having breakfast and then there's a knock at the door and uh a man in a marine outfit is there to hand them a flag and an envelope yeah like <laughs> gomer pile 100 percent dies <laughs> <laughs> no reality in which that doesn't happen. <laughs> Just, there's not. <laughs> he has the mind of a child and he's going to th- where the guns go off. He's going to, ex- to the place where there are the most explosions and he gets distracted by lights. I, 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 I guess I guess it's wrong for us to say that like we are the only people to come up with uh, a reckoning for this because you know 
obviously uh, Stanley Kubrick did. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, and I guess just none of us really, like, list- paid attention to that. <laughs> Nobody had any follow-up questions. God, he's gonna chase a balloon into an active minefield. Listeners, you can get at us, uh, twitter.com slash breakmayberry, patreon.com slash breakingmayberry if you want to support us with your money dollars and, uh, anything that we get this month is going to abortion funds, uh, throughout the country. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Schneid Remarks. Uh, hang out with me and my fiance as we put Lego stuff together uh, on on Wednesdays and Fridays. Twitch.tv slash BrickSmarties. I'm so tired right now, I can't even get through these. You all know the deal. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. That one got real. <laughs> Dum